What's up, guys? We're excited to introduce an incredible way for you to win some free DNVR shirts, gift cards, and even tickets to a game or a jersey of your choice. Here's how you do it. It's called World Golf Tour, and it's the best golf app on the market. First, you must download the game at freewgt.com to start. You cannot enter unless you download it from freewgt.com. Once you've downloaded it, you can go ahead and get into the game, get your bearings, get through the tutorial, and then head over to the closest to the hole challenge. From there, we're going to pick a golf course and a hole on that course every week to do the challenge on. On this week, we're picking Wolf Creek, and we're doing the very first challenge. I believe that's hole 11, but when you load into the course, it'll be the first hole that you play. Whoever gets closest to the hole that week wins a dope DNVR shirt of their choice or a gift card to a local restaurant. All you have to do is take a screenshot and tag us on Twitter or send the screenshot to info at thednvr.com. But get this, we're not done giving stuff away yet. Every week you play and send in your screenshot, you'll then be entered into a raffle to win tickets or a jersey of your choice at the end of the month if you're out of state. The more raffles you've got in the mix, the better your chances to win. It's a pretty sweet deal. So one last time, head on over to freewgt.com and download the game. Pick the closest to the whole challenge and go to that Wolf Creek golf course and play that very first hole. Get as close to the hole as you can. Screenshot that and send it our way. AJ and I have already tested it out a little bit. Right now, he's got the inside edge on me. I was at about eight and a half feet, and AJ, I think, put it four and a half feet because he's a golf wizard already. So I'm going to have to get back in there and, and try and sink one directly in the hole or something. But play along with us. See if you can't beat our scores and win some free stuff. Let's jump into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations and use their express checkout to get yourself in and out in minutes or go on over to MindGreenSolution.com and reserve your products online. Plus, you can use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. The Avs lost over the weekend to the Anaheim Ducks in what was a pretty rough game. We'll kind of break that down for you quickly and then get into where the Avs lineup is standing because while we talked about JT Comfer potentially only lasting two periods on that top line, well, he lasted more than two, but not much more than four, as by the end of this Ducks game, the Avs lineup was just a total hodgepodge. <clears throat> yeah, and that's one of those things that happens when you don't play very well. You know, yeah. the, the coach makes some changes to things. So, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, it <clears throat> it wasn't great. I 
it was kind of a kind of an uh, one of the first games that we've seen this year where I think the Avs outplayed the Ducks in a lot of ways, but the Ducks had the better opportunities and capitalized more, obviously. And sometimes that's like sometimes that's all hockey comes down to is the team that capitalizes on the other team's mistakes and that's it. You know, sometimes it's a lot more complicated than that, but I felt like Saturday night was simply a, hey, the Avs made a couple of really big mistakes. The Ducks turned them into goals. And you just kind of shrug your shoulders and move on. Yeah, I, the Ducks are a team, based on that game, that you don't really want to fall behind against because they did a very good job of limiting the Avs to the perimeter. And, and as you said, the Avs got plenty of shots, but a lot of them came from the outside low percentage areas. And they struggled to really get those true high danger chances. And when they did, well, Ryan Miller happened. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the two goals, um, Donskoy banks it in off of Ryan Miller's stick at like a wild angle. And the second one, Nathan McKinnon cuts across the, the, you know, the front of the net has the puck and settles it down before he puts it top shelf and, and beats him with a great backhand. But even that one, he gave Miller enough time to at least make that one a bit of a nervous, uh, a bit of a nervous goal, um, and that was kind of it for the night, man. Like they, they had some chances, they got some traffic in front of Miller, but they just weren't ever really able to find that that goal that really broke through and and tied the game and really changed the complexion of it. They spent, you know, they gave up the uh, the the first goal fifty seconds in. And they spent the entire game chasing, and that's not a recipe for success. Yeah, 100%. Interesting to see that situation as the Avs have led in almost every single game. I think every single game they led it at least at one point before that. Even the Blues game, they went up one nothing in for a short time. So definitely a bit of a different angle. How much stock do you actually put into this? Because it was the second half of a back-to-back. Anaheim was rested. Obviously, the Avs could have played better even with those factors going on, but still. So can we talk about this for a second? Yeah. Because I was uh, – my and shout out to my, my poor fiancé who has to put up with this. <laughs> um, we, were, we were talking last night, and it was like midnight as we were getting ready to go to bed. And we were talking about it, and she was like, what are you up to? And I was like, uh – I'm looking at win percentages of teams that are rested against uh, tired teams and the difference that the rest makes in the winning percentages and like the data on that, because it's something that I had talked about against the lightning last week. And then the abs went out and won anyway. And then there were people on, on Twitter who like rolled into my mentions and tried to suplex me because I was like, Oh, this is a scheduled loss. And the following week, it was, again, a scheduled loss. And first of all, the second night of a back-to-back is not a scheduled loss. When I say a scheduled loss, what I am talking about specifically is a team that is going into a situation in which they play the night before on the second night of a back-to-back against a team that did not, a team that is rested, and especially true of a team that has to travel, which is the case that the Avs were in last uh, this last weekend. They were in Vegas on Friday. They 
waxed the Golden Knights and then rolled in uh, to Denver on on Saturday. And you say, oh, well, it's a home game and this and that. You also have to remember the Avs have not played any meaningful hockey in Denver in two weeks. That altitude is going to make a bit of a difference in the first game back. So they, because, and I, and I asked, you know, Ryan Graves after the game, I said, is this, are you guys, is it, is it almost like a, a seventh road game just because it's on a back to back? You're playing a rested team and you're in a building you haven't played a game in in two weeks. Like it's home, but it's not really home. And he said, you know, it's, it's a little bit like that just because. They didn't get any days off. They didn't have a morning skate. They didn't have anything normal about the game. Yeah. I also just want to just just want to point out when I was going through that data last night, the win percentage of teams in the last couple of years, the win percentage of teams uh, in that situation in which they are the rested team against the tired team, they win fifty eight percent of the time in regulation. That's, That's a significant number. Yeah. Certainly outside the the standard deviation. Yeah, it's outside that margin. It 100% is, man. And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I, I, don't, I, I'm, I, I don't think that the Avs were particular, particularly fatigued uh, in that Saturday game. They didn't, they didn't really look like it. It looked nothing like the exhausted team that got beat up in St. Louis. They had legs. They had plenty of chances. They had energy. I'm not making that excuse. I'm not saying that that, oh, hey, it's it's whatever. You just move on. But if you're going to lose games, those are the ones that you lose. And just yeah. speaking statistically here, just looking at league-wide, you know, I, I got – there were the same people who always do this after every loss where they they roll in and they're like, good teams don't make excuses. They find a way. Yeah, well, the best teams in the NHL also lose 30 times a year. So, you know, like, let's, let's keep in mind here, like, what, like, like, this is a league where it's hard to win and you lose a lot of games, even when you're one of the better teams. And in this situation, you lose a lot more often. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to get into that a little bit just because I was thinking about it and they had that situation two weeks in a row. They have another back-to-back this weekend. Uh, as they play Dallas in Denver on Friday and then in Arizona on Saturday. And <clears throat> I just thought it was interesting because I did actually go and look up some of the numbers and I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. The NHL scheduler before the NFL season ends is definitely one of the reasons I drink. So it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They are the original Colorado beer established in Breckenridge in 1990. Today on the docket, we have the amazing Strawberry Sky, AJ's favorite beer of all time. I'm not even going to give him a say. I'm just telling him that it's his favorite beer of all time. (laughs) So... He has to live with that, but it, legitimately, good beer, very light, got that nice fruity strawberry flavor to it. Really easy to drink this beer. You can just kind of put it down and, and not even realize that you've finished a couple of cans, which, hey, if you're looking for a good time, have a couple beers. That's an awesome thing to have. So keep an eye out for the Strawberry Sky at your local Davidson's or any other local liquor store or even, you know, down at somewhere like Blake Street Tavern if you're in downtown. And you can find any other Breck beer as well if Strawberry Sky isn't your thing. 
You can also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on the dnvr.com. We have our watch parties all around Denver and we drink Breck beers at all of them. So come out and have a few with us as well. Okay, moving on. The schedule loss, whatever you want to call it, it did happen. And let's be real. The top line was absolutely brutal in this game. Yes, McKinnon had the beautiful backhand power play goal. But besides that, they got absolutely crushed all night long. It was not good. Yeah. Uh, top The top line wasn't good. The second line was okay. And the third line wasn't good. The fourth line was exceptional. But I say that, and I say the fourth line was exceptional, but they were also there were also moments where you were like, oh, this is why they're the fourth line. Like, you could just see that they were, you know, certain certain things with the puck where you're just like, ah, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is what happens to fourth line guys on off nights. The skill level question mark for sure. Yeah, but uh, I do think that it was encouraging that they were competitive uh, in a game, you know, I mean, they three, two in the third period. Yeah. It was was very much a game until that fourth goal kind of buried them, but right. But three, two in the third period, they kept it competitive. And I think it was encouraging that uh, they were, they were competitive despite having their, as a team, I would say their C game. Their worst game of the season so far, I would say. The only other one that comes close was that Blues game. Oh yeah, see, I would say the Blues game was significantly worse. Boy, I don't know about that. I, I mean, they were they were nothing in that game. They weren't even competitive. They were, they were lucky that it was one one after the first, and then when they got down three one, it didn't even feel like they tried to push back. And and on Saturday, I think there was there was a significant pushback. Ryan Miller just happened and. I'm okay. Like that's, that's fine. Like, and then they got that, they got that fourth goal. And then I think after that, they, I don't want to say they packed it in, but Uh, they did. It didn't feel, it didn't feel very competitive after that. I don't, I don't like accusing a team of packing it in. Like, I don't like that because it's, it's almost an effort accusation. And there's no way that any of us can, can accuse anybody of that because we're not them. And we don't know that. I, but, I mean, I wouldn't be accusatory about it, but it's an 82 game NHL season. Every right. team has to manage themselves. Well, and and like you are on the second night of a back to back, you're now down two goals. Like you, you, you cut it to one 90 seconds into the period. You were feeling like this is a game. You know, you're still climbing uphill, but you're you you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. When it got to four two, it was kind of like the light went out, and you know. It was just yeah. sort of like, okay, like this is this is probably not going to happen tonight, right? And um, sitting up in the press box, they got that fourth goal, and Sandy Clough just said, "Boys, just don't have it tonight." And it was like that's a pretty good way to put it. Sometimes it's not complicated. Sometimes that's that's as simple as it is. They did not have their A game, and the Ducks took advantage of opportunities. I don't think the Ducks played particularly well either. I don't really think the Ducks took it to them. Uh, I don't, and and which is why I think it was uh, not as not as bad as the St. Louis game. I just don't. I think the Abs played poorly, and the Ducks took advantage of of opportunities, and that was really it. Uh, and and the lineup was ineffective in too many spots. 
I thought one defenseman played played a good game, and then everybody else was iffy or bad. Yeah. It, yeah, uh, you're right. I'm trying to think back at, at how Gerard's game was, but it it wasn't great. So he was my iffy. I think everybody yeah. else was bad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so there you go. That's kind of just the the quick rundown of. of the Avs game against the Ducks. The boys didn't have it tonight. Seems like a, a good answer there. So bit of a, a downturn as the Avs go one and two in their last three games, but still not a ton to worry about as they're eight, two and one. So they're still in the top tax, top tax bracket of the central division. And there's a new alternative for addressing your tax needs. Symbio Tax and Administration provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own. And George over at Symbio Tax is a proud DNVR subscriber and a diehard abs fan. Whether you have a small business, you're looking to rent out a room in your house, or if you're just trying to get a tax return filed, you can go to a qualified professional to understand your tax requirements. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains, call SymbioTax for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at SymbioTax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O-Tax.com. Second segment of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Rudo. He's AJ. We're sitting here talking about the Avs' current situation. Miko Rantanen still out Based on some imagery around the internet, it seems like he's not doing too bad. He's been seen walking around. There was some kind of support thing on his ankle. It wasn't really a boot, but it wasn't really a cast. It was just kind of some kind of ankle support. And then over the weekend, he was seen doing a full-on squat, getting his picture taken at some kind of Halloween party with Jostin McKinnon and his legs look pretty healthy in those still images, at least. Yeah, it's hard not to feel really optimistic looking at that, especially after all the sleuthing going on in my mentions in the middle of the night. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it wasn't just you. I woke up at like 5 a.m. 5 a. today and it was still going on. Yeah, so we like enhanced the background of this image to figure out which game of the World Series was on. In the it background. seriously, it seriously felt like that scene from Super Troopers where he's sitting at the computer and he's like, "Enhance, <laughs> enhance," and I was just like, "Oh my god, are you guys just sitting here like zooming in on the game in the background?" I was see, and, and I was zoomed in on like like the trying to figure out what bar it was because I was yeah. like. I was like, boy, that looks really familiar. And then I was like, well, of course it does. It looks like a generic sports bar. Well, and they had like the New York Giants logos in the background. (laughs) Right. It was, yeah, it was a fun little game of uh, what's going on here. (laughs) But, I mean, you've got to feel positive seeing that. Like, Miko wasn't, he wasn't wearing a boot, didn't have any of that. Um it's it literally while we're recording this, somebody just tweeted me in that thread, responding to that thread, <laughs> telling so, you the exact minute the photo was taken. Or you, yeah, well, and like he, you know, my guess is that it's last night since the TV on the far right appears to have the score to the Edmonton Florida game at the bottom ticker. All right, I think we've put it together that the uh, the picture was taken last night. Yep. 
17 tweets into the thread. Now. Yep. <laughs> I think we're pretty, pretty solidly there. And that's encouraging. I mean, that's what you wanted, right? You were hoping it wasn't taken like two weeks ago. Um, so that's, that's great. Cause it looks, you know, he was not wearing the boot. He's wandering around. He's, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's not getting involved in a dunk contest or anything, but I, I think that, that he's just casually hanging out without any kind of support on it is a positive sign. Yeah, you have to think so. I, it would be way too much of a stretch to say dropping Miko Rantanen into the lineup would have changed this Ducks game. But we saw halfway through Bednar essentially gave up on lines and just started playing everyone with everyone. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I don't know. It, it's so weird how you go on a road trip, all your depth is firing, everything feels good, and then you have one lackluster performance at home, and it's like nothing is working. I too like that's that's too much of a too much of a response the other way, right? But it is a, a legitimate question. Comfer did not look good there the other day. Uh, I thought I thought he was Colorado's worst forward, even though hey, in two games he's picked up two points on that top line. Yeah, I mean the first game was fine; he fit in fine and, and picked up a legitimate point. That second game was brutal, and that point was him like nudging a puck into the vicinity of Nathan McKinnon, <laughs> and then McKinnon did McKinnon things. Yeah, but. You know, two points in two games, so it's not it's it's not like hey, the the production did not take a a significant drop off with Comper and Ranton in spot, but we also have eyes, and we saw that the process was nowhere near as good as it needed to be, nowhere near. Yeah, and we kind of already talked about this, so we don't have to get into it, but with Landeskog continuing to struggle on McKinnon's other side, there just isn't room for comfort to, to fall and struggle like that. Yeah. Um, what, what is the better option though? Because you do really like the Burakovsky, Donskoy and Kadri combination. Uh, and, you know, Jost has been, Jost has been. Yeah, you're not moving Jost from C for sure. He's been good where he is, but like, I, I seriously think he's very, very dependent on the right line mates. And that's why I would probably leave Wilson and Comfer there. And then it's, so it's like, okay, well, now what do you do? You know, there's not really a good option there. And that's, you know, one reason why I think Cam and Ev was practicing in that spot the other day. Is because yeah. it was like, well, I mean, we don't really have a good option. We like all the other lines. What do you do with this top group? Honestly, uh, this is this is where I take the opportunity to break it all up. Yes, um, I'm with you there. And this is where Landis Kadri needs to become a thing. Uh, I would honestly just go Donskoy, McKinnon, and Burakovsky. And go Landis uh Kadri, and probably Wilson, unfortunately. Sure. I I think the key there is... Get crazy and call it Martin Kaut? Yeah. 
Well, now you're talking my language, but, but <laughs> Rudolph's love language is, is AHL promotion. Yeah, AHL <laughs> prospects are like my pillow talk. So, so, so what you're saying is, uh, you did not, uh, you're not judging me for it being midnight and talking to the fiance as we're going to bed, and me talking about win percentages uh, based on rest. Absolutely not. No, Perfect. you know, there's that meme of like a man and a woman lying in bed and the woman's like, he's probably thinking about other girls and the man, it's whatever the meme is thinking about. That's me sitting there like, how did AJ Greer only get suspended for six games? Real talk though. How, how was it only six games? It felt like that would have been 20 if you do that in the NHL. Yeah, really? Like legitimately, it would have been a serious, serious thing if he tried to come out of the penalty box and fight a dude. But the AHL's like, meh, a couple games, I guess. <laughs> maybe maybe they felt like Tenorti beat several of the games out of him. <laughs> Fair. He did he did get whooped in that fight. Yeah, unfortunately that was not a good showing for AJ Greer. And really discouraging overall uh development for a guy who in the preseason did a really good job of not taking the bait in in opportunities where he had a chance to freak out and do that. And it looked like, Hey, maybe, maybe he's focused on this. Maybe this is something he knows he's got to work on. And then he ends up in the box and Jared Tenorti skates by which PS, how do the officials let that guy skate right by the box? Right. They shouldn't have never even gotten to that altercation in the first place. Yeah. Jared Tenorti should not be skating by the box, talking trash to him. And obviously, he should not just be like, okay, well, I'm popping out. <laughs> yeah, there's so many people had to fail at doing their jobs for that to come about. Yeah. Um, but bringing it back in to the Avs situation here, it does feel like it's time to cut all the strings. No strings attached for McKinnon. Let, yeah. him, let him be the gun, the big gun on the top line and... It almost doesn't even matter to me who his line mates are. Just he needs to go ham. Well, and, and the, the idea that, oh, Landis Cog needs to be tied to him because defensively, like defensively, it's not working right now, regardless Clearly, of Landis yeah. Cog. You know, if you take him away, maybe it gets worse. Maybe it gets better. But you know that it's not working right now. So why continue? You know, why? Why keep trying to force that? Let Let's see what the other combinations look like. And then when Miko comes back, you can put everything back together the way you like it. That's fine. But what if you do get a spark? I mean, this is where the concept of the mystery box is intriguing for you. You do want to know what's, you know, is the grass greener on the other side? Because you have just never taken the time to look at it. Yeah, it's the win-win, right? Because you don't want to break up that line. But when Miko goes down... Well, now you don't really have that much of a choice. So instead of going halfway with it and and trying to put Confer up there and doing a, oh, well, we don't want to break up the second line, blah, 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 blah. Why not just fully commit to it and see? Even if it's just for like a single game and it goes horribly, then at least you know. Yeah, at least then you know. And maybe even even if it goes horribly, maybe you give it another period, another another game. You know, you you give it a little bit of a look because it's been a long time since these guys have played with somebody else. It might take a minute. I just I just think, why not? Right. It. 
I don't think it hurts you any more than anything else in trying to replace Rantanen's production. Right, because when Rantanen is healthy, the the counter argument to why not is well they've spent the last two years being the top line in hockey, and like that's an unimpeachable argument. It's like, well, true. Good point. Good point. You know, the fear, <laughs> the fear there is what you're missing out. It's the five point night. Yeah. So pretty clearly you can have that conversation about when is the right time to break it up as the three headed monster, but it's way more difficult to break it up when all three heads are functioning. <laughs> right. If, if, if one of the heads is asleep and one of the other ones is chopped off, then you just got one looking around like, mm, I'm not a very effective <laughs> monster right now. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's, it's a Halloween movie now. I guess that's a good turn. Yeah. <laughs> my, my apologies. No, that's hilarious. Um, but right, like they have all this talent. They brought in all of this talent. Andre Burakovsky, they want him to be a top six forward. He comes in, he scores four goals in eight games or whatever it was. He's got nine points. Why not give him even more opportunity? This is the argument I'm making, man. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying. I wanna see have- I wanna see what I wanna see what Burakovsky looks like next to, next to McKinnon. I mean, at this point. I'm all in on Burakovsky and me being wrong about him and just enjoying what he's doing right now. And if that takes him to a completely different level, then great. Let's see how this goes. Does Bednar have to sit Nathan McKinnon down and look him right in the eyes and say, look, you have to pass to Burakovsky sometimes? Uh, He might. Uh, just, just, you know, I would hope that that's not the case based on how well Burkowski's played in the regular season. Uh, obviously their, their preseason time spent together was not encouraging, but let's, I'm, I am hopeful that, uh, Burkowski has played well enough that McKinnon will be fine with it. And he'll be like, ah, I got you. He can also shoot the puck. So let's just pretend he's a Slightly shorter, Miko. There you go. Just Count it. Set him up for those one-timers. Just like Total Beverage is setting me up with one-timers of beer. And they have a great deal, too. Maybe not quite as good as some of those Miko ranting into Nathan McKinnon passes, but they're offering 30. That's right, a 30% off to the DNVR fam on purchases of $75 or more. Obviously, you guys have been in love with Total Beverages as they've just been getting a ton of orders from you guys. You can use code DNVR2019 to get that deal off of your purchase. You can do it online or you can go get the Total Beverage app today. And as you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and Aurora to Brighton. They also have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they offer CBD products as well. Drinks, gummies, pretty much you name it. You can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $75 or more. And better yet, you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. Cheers. 
final segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast with Rudo and AJ. Once again, if you know our names, you can help us out as the DNVR is running a little bit of a competition to see who can get the most people to sign up for an annual DNVR membership. The winners will get a year's supply of Breckenridge Brewery. My code is Rudo. His code is AJ. I know AJ's on the board. I'm out here. I'm out here struggling. I need a little bit of help, guys. I, I need at least a couple of guys to, to hook me up to give us a chance as the Avs beat tries to tries to get together and, and push this. He's yeah. tried teaming up with the Rockies and stuff, but right now the Nuggets are just slaying. That's the thing. Right now the Nuggets are dominating this, and it annoys me a little bit. Uh, right. Whether it's Rudo or whether it's myself or whether it's Evan using his code Rowl. R-A-W-A-L code. He gets the cool code. I know, right? Uh, Whether any of those, any of those, uh, seriously, this is a great time to do it. Uh, You can hang on to your t-shirt code if you want, uh, just in case, you know, things go on sale in the future. We've seen uh, some people do that with the Rockies because the Rocky season ended. We put some stuff on sale and somebody used their subscription or I'm sorry, their membership, uh, t-shirt code to get multiple Rocky shirts. So if you wanted to wait until we have a sale, which may or may not be happening, you know, any sometime in the future, um, you know, eventually we always have a sale on some, some stuff. So uh, you don't have to use the code right away. You don't have to use the t-shirt code. You can wait for something to be on sale and just have it in your back pocket. And then when it goes, bam, we, uh, for those who live here in Colorado, we do also provide free shipping. So yeah. that's a that's a sweet little perk if you're here locally. Uh, if you get more than $50 worth of stuff in the shop, we also do pre-shipping. So lots of different lots of different uh, ways to, to, to go about it. But we definitely would like to at least keep up with the Nuggets, at least stay within spitting distance of the Nuggets. So definitely would love some help here. Uh, AJ, Rudo, Rowell, one of those three. Uh, for your annual membership. Yeah. And if you're on the fence about it, I really do believe in our content, particularly on the Avs side, as that's what I'm a part of. Just released a, a members-only video the other day breaking down all five of the Avs' own goals, and I guarantee you, you cannot find that anywhere else on the internet. We're the only source for that kind of stuff. So it, it's really a great time to, to try and join. But getting back into this hockey team, was a rough game for 90, 95% of the Avs lineup. And I shrugged it all off and just said, wow, Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the NHL. And that's stretching it a little bit. But in that game, you could make that argument. It was the kind of thing that we've been waiting for. I mean, how many times have we been like, oh, there's more to give. There's more to give. There's more to give. And then that's, and that's exactly what I wrote in my, in, in one of the pieces I wrote. I don't remember if it was grades or the takeaways after the game, but I said, there's more to give. This is what the more looks like, because this is the guy that we've been waiting to see. You know, I've said recently on this podcast that this year, so, so far, the first 10 games, kind of looks like Kale McCarr in year one at UMass, where he's still figuring out the speed, figuring out exactly what he can do, what he can get away with, what he can't, 
where the limitations are. And I think a game like Saturday showed that there may not be very many limitations on that kid's talent. Uh, he has the ability to just take over a game completely. Yeah. He, the phrase that came to mind in that game was he reminded me a little bit of a cat because physics just don't apply to him and he can slip through spaces that don't seem possible to fit through. I was going to say, was it, is it because he was asleep and ignoring you? <laughs> See, I don't have that relationship with cats. Cats go out of their way to beat me up. So I don't have a relationship uh, with cats because I'm allergic to them. So it's just like, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I, I'm it. definitely a dog person. So, yeah, I would say that I am too, but that's again, I'm allergic to cats. I didn't really have much of a choice on that one. Fair. Definitely a, a good reason to not be a cat person is you can't be around them. It's, it's because when I'm around them, my eyes swell up and shut and I can't see anything for like six hours. Yeah, problematic. <laughs> well, looked a little bit like some of the Avs defenders in that game then, maybe. Nice. Yeah, it was a little harsh. It was a little Ooh. harsh. It wasn't that bad. But, but really, I mean, it, Kale McCarr... His skating ability is truly fun to watch. He might not have the top speed of Nathan McKinnon. He might not have the raw power, but he's comes close and he does it incredibly smoothly. His edge work and his acceleration is very McKinnon level. Yeah. It's, it's right there on that, that same in that same area of existence. It's so good. It's seriously, it's so good. I I mean, it's, it's special <laughs> saying it's so good. feels like I'm shorting him because it's seriously special. It, I, it really is. I, you know, we've talked about him in the Calder race and, and being at the top of the points and all that, but his ability to adapt and learn the game at the NHL level at the NHL speed so quickly is just incredibly impressive. The Avs wanted him to shoot more. He had 12 shot attempts in this game against the Ducks, which maybe you're going a little too far the other way, but look, you tell the kid to go do something and a week later, he's all over it. Yeah. Uh, He had, I think seven shots on goal going into Friday's game against Vegas, and he had nine shots on goal in those two games. Tyson Berry who? Yeah, well, and especially today, Tyson Berry uh, having to answer the Toronto media for the slow start. And you remember he had that he had that, that good game right away where people were freaking out because he switches hands yeah, to, to he did better his control, thing to control the and, puck at the blue line. Yeah, yeah and, and like people were like, oh, my God, Tyson Berry's a revelation. This guy's amazing. And, like, love TB4. We'll always be a fan. We'll always root for his success. A great human being. Excited for him to be in Denver next month because I'm going to go into the Maple Leafs locker room and ignore Austin Matthews talk to Tyson Berry. Uh, but, like, it was it was interesting to see how quickly that shine wore off. And here in Denver, the Kale McCarr glow is only just beginning. Like, really, this is this is just the start of what Kale McCarr is going to be doing as a as a member of this organization. Right. I, obviously, the remaining 
ELC he has left and then whatever the following contract after that may be. The, the Thomas Shabbat 8x8. I, honestly, after that game, I'd sign him to that right now. Dude, me too. I would, 100%, believing fully in his talent and his upside and everything that he is going to be able to bring. And then you saw, this is not, you know, all of the all of the people who are like, oh, he'd be better off as a forward. Like, you saw he, he ran over Max Jones. And, like, Max Jones is a guy that is known for his physicality as part of the big selling point and his effectiveness in his play. And he tried to step to Kale McCarr, and Kale McCarr dismissed him, just flattened him out. And we've seen him do it multiple times this year. This is a dude that plays with an edge. He's got a physical element to it, and he, I think, is going to be a very good defender in time. There are still holes in that game, in that side of his game, but he's already made big adjustments in the first week. I was watching him closely the other day, and it was he was their best defender in the zone, in the defensive zone. To go along with everything else, he was also their best defender. And that is that is everything that you should be excited about for Kale McCarr. This is a superstar. On defense, a guy that the Avs have never had. You know, they they had Hall of Famers in, in Blake and Bork, totally different kinds of guys. You know, they had an old they had a Hall of Very Good in Adam Foote, totally different kind of guy. This is their Eric Carlson style of player. A very, yeah. very, very special talent. And the other day was was a glimpse of what it's going to look like at its at his highest level. And now the 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 real challenge here is just getting to that level more often than not, because this is a superstar. I just want to put this out there so I can have something that I can link to anytime anyone asks me about it. Kale McCarr does not function as a winger. If you watch the Ducks game, arguably his best part was his breakouts whether it was skating it end to end or making the breakout passes getting out of that defensive zone through the neutral zone and at times when he's at his best into the offensive zone as well under his control is where he really truly shines and can use that skating ability as a winger you know what he's doing he's flying the zone first he's being Jonas Donskoy standing at the offensive blue line while they're trying to break out break out and it completely takes that part of his game away. It does not add up to put him as a winger. There's no reason to put him as a winger. He clearly is capable of producing plenty as a defenseman as it is. It makes no sense. I will not listen to anyone trying to make that argument. It never made sense when they tried to do it with Barry either. It didn't. Totally, totally different functions as players. The, the idea that just because you're weak defensively means you should play four. it's completely different. The skills, the skills shine in different ways. You know, it 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 would be like, oh, well, Landis Cog's good defenseman. Why don't you make him a defenseman? Right, makes zero sense to to make Landis Cog's skills effective in that role when he clearly fits the mold of a winger. Right, you and just, and yeah. Kill McCarr is going to be an elite defenseman if he's not Full already. Stop. Full stop. I have 100%. I honestly, I think that's a great way to end the show is the hype train on Kale McCarr is, is out of control. We're spiraling, spiraling off the tracks at this point, but Hey, he's proven it. So yay. 
<laughs> Yay. I mean, th- that was the takeaway from the Ducks game. You know, they lost it. There are a lot of things we that we've already talked about and how it didn't go um didn't go well. And then that was that was the big thing though. Is that Kale McCarr is the man and was the man on Saturday and the more he starts to realize he can do that and and it's going to be hard to get to that level every night. The NHL is a tough league, obviously. But once it's, once that happens consistently, this is the scariest team in the NHL. Oh, I love the sound of that. I, I just love it. Instead of the man, though, would you call Kale McCarr the top dog on defense? Totally. Perfect, because if you're in need of a top dog electrician, for over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract companies in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the DNVR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. That's going to do it for us on this Monday episode of the podcast. Excited to get back to Avs hockey, but the schedulers have granted us another random three days off because that's what they do. I don't know. Either way, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow.